I'm Jessica Metcalf, and this is The Dark Side of Dentistry, the shit no one talks about. I'm a life and business coach and a dentist to oncology patients. I teach high achievers, that's you, how to break through self-doubt, fear failure, and overworking so dentistry and your life doesn't have to suck. In this episode, Carrie and I get into some throws about burnout and her experience within the dental profession. Carrie is a dental hygienist, and I recognize we've had a lot of different individuals on this podcast so far talking about self-doubt, fear of failure, but I wanted to bring more of the dental team members because here's the thing. The culture that we see in dentistry is very unique. However, We've seen a lot of changes over the last couple of years with COVID and burnout isn't just affecting one person. In fact, it's infecting our entire dental community. So let's get into that. Let's explore from Carrie's perspective, what's going on with burnout. Welcome back to the dark side of dentistry, the shit no one talks about. Today I have Carrie here with me and I am so freaking excited because of her topic of burnout. And so Carrie, we're just going to launch right into things. Tell me a little bit about who you are. Okay, well, my name's Carrie Carter-Shirellis. I am a dental hygienist. I am um, an author as well, a public speaker. I do courses now um, mainly about burnout, hostile work environments. I'm going to start one next year about boundaries, bullying, and stuff like that because that kind of goes into my my. Thing. I'm I'm the dark side there, <laughs> talking about all the all this you know stuff no one wants to talk about. But I do what I like to do with a little humor because that's who I am, and I include movie quotes and all that stuff in my stuff because that's how my mind works. Um, the reason I talk about this is because I've lived it. So I wrote the book, The Ultimate Guide for Dental Hygienist Burnout, basically because that's what I faced. I didn't know when I was going through it that that's what it was called. It wasn't like you know how they talk about burnout every single day on the news now that wasn't what was going on I just knew I was unhappy at my job and I felt like maybe I was a complainer because I was always complaining about my job maybe something was wrong with me I would switch jobs and it would eventually happen again and I learned that with burnout there's different phases and everything so that initial phase is the honeymoon phase where you're like everything's great and I'm gonna try to do not do anything that I did last time maybe I won't talk so much about my life or my traveling maybe people are jealous about me traveling I don't know you know so you start you try to maybe figure out what it was that maybe you caused the situation and it really wasn't until I got on Facebook as far as dental hygiene forums that I found out that I wasn't alone. It wasn't me. Nothing was wrong with me. It was really our industry (laughs) that had a big problem. And so that's basically what I do is I help people recognize that it's not necessarily something's wrong with you, even though I do believe that we do need to self-evaluate and see why we're burnt out or why we're unhappy, because maybe we do need to make some changes, or maybe we do need to instill boundaries, or there are things that we can work on, but it's not necessarily the person who's going through it or was being bullied is I don't believe in victim shaming or you know it's your fault so that's really what I talk about all the time and so many people in the industry experience it 
obviously as a hygienist, I mainly focus on hygienists, but I talk to dentists as well, um, assistants. It's just throughout our field. And as we watch television, we see this in so many fields. That's why no one really wants to go back to work. So it really annoys me, honestly, when I hear like people just didn't want to go back to work for like the little money the government's given us and everything. Really like what helped me is when we were locked down for a couple months, you're sitting there and you're thinking like, how many times are you going to clean your house? You're not allowed out your house. So how many times are you going to throw away stuff, or organize stuff or put stuff in bags to take to, you know, Goodwill or something. You're just sitting there. And at some point you start thinking about your life and um, really what you like about it, what you wish you could do and everything. And that's what I think most people did. That's when I wrote my book. I'm like, oh, I've, I've always been good at writing and everything, but I just didn't know what topic to write about. And I wrote my book about that because that's what I knew and everything. Um, so that's what I think there's such a shortage in um, so many different industries right now, especially dental industry. Like no one can find a hygienist or an assistant or a front desk or anything because everyone's just tired and burnt out and feels unappreciated or disrespected. You know, at some point we stopped the monotonous. That's what's happened is at some point people were like, I want to spend time with my family. Mm. Or I don't want to do that and everything. So I think that's what's that's what I talk about, anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, I it's such an important topic, and I feel like you've hit such important points. Where one of them in particular is, you can do all of the fixing inwardly, right? You can go to yoga, you can do the meditation, you can fix everything that you need to fix create that self-care component. Mm -hmm. But if you don't then take a look at your external environment, you can get just stuck on the hamster wheel still thinking that, well, self-care is not working, so what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that can be a huge burden at times when we're trying to figure out burnout or if it is burnout that I'm actually experiencing. So I wanna ask you about your experience, your personal experience with it. And when was that clue or that aha moment that you realized, oh shit, this is what's going on and I need to make a change? I don't know why I just got emotional for a second there. Like I talk about this so much. <laughs> I think it's the way that you just brought it out of me somehow. Um, well, I've been a hygienist for 16, going on 17 years. Before that, I was a, um, a dental assistant for like five years. So honestly, the first start of dentistry I had, I worked for a female dentist and associate and the male owner, he was very nice. And the female, unfortunately, she wasn't that nice. And eventually we had a discussion and everything takes a while with me sometimes. But as the, the thing that really stuck with me was a couple years back, I was working at um, a corporation I really love, actually. But the thing about corporations is, you know, different doctors own them. So it's not they don't always follow what the corporation guidelines are. You know, it's just like any other office. Uh, I, it's just under a corporation. So the first couple years at that office was great. However, when they kind of changed management, when the owner came down and everything, it wasn't the same as when I worked with some of the different associates and everything. And unfortunately, one of the people at the office had a lot of pull with the doctor, um, the lead dental assistant, actually. A lot of people would get fired or would leave because of dealing with her. And so I got along with her for the most part for a long time. 
But at some point, you know, she started disrespecting me. And when I finally stuck up for myself, that's when I really started facing the fire with her and everything. That's when everything turned around. And basically, little by little, I felt like I was losing my voice. Um, I was a lead dental hygienist at that time, and they weren't really letting me lead my associate hygienist or whatever. Um, and I'm pretty passive or mild temper for the most part and everything. And they were accusing me of yelling in the morning huddle or the doctor was taking away um, production. You know, I got I got paid on base and then production. He started taking away the x-rays from my production. And I always sold a lot of basically Invisalign cases for the office and it just down or spiraled a lot of different things. So I felt like I wasn't, I was losing my voice. Um, I was being slandered, it was gossiping, it was bullying. It was all those different things. But when they pulled me into the office that time and said that I had yelled in the huddle, like they didn't even ask me my side of the story. They just told me what supposedly happened. And then that was bad. And then when I finally gave my notice and everything, it got even worse. So basically when I'm crying in my car and I'm like, I, I, I didn't cry at my great, great grandmother's funeral. <laughs> you know, it's like, I try not to cry, try not to do the ugly cry. But when you have me crying in my car, like I have to leave to, or early to go to lunch from a patient, then something's wrong. I just didn't know what to call it and everything like that. And then also you feel bad because you're thinking maybe you're complaining. And then for the most part, hygienists make a great wage. At least I was making pretty good money, especially with my bonusing and everything like that. And I'm very ethical. It's not like I'm taking advantage of patients, that's really wrong. Anyone who does that is wrong and everything, you know, so it's hard when you're complaining maybe to your spouse or to other people because you're like, you do pretty well. So it's almost like suck it up, buttercup, because you're doing really well. <laughs> you know, other people wish they, they made what you made and everything. So it's like, I can't keep going to another job because there's always another bully and everything, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so that then, was it. Yeah. So that moment in the car when you realize, okay, something's gotta change. And did it take a while to get past the quote unquote suck it up buttercup component? <laughs> Cause I feel like I struggled through that for a very long time. And then I questioned whether I was even strong enough to be in dentistry. Because okay, well, if I can't suck it up and then I'm not strong enough to be a dentist. What happened with me, so when I gave my notice, um, they accused me, I in the, even in my book, I talk about the importance, I believe, I believe personally, me as a hygienist, I like to have my own things because I don't, I'm over, many doctors provide what dental hygienists need. However, I'm not gonna always come to you with my needs. You know, everyone has a budget. I don't wanna be begging and everything like that. So I have my loops, I have my chair, I have my instruments, I have everything I need. And if you provide more for me or what I specifically like, thank you. You should, you probably should do that, but you know, but thank you. And so unfortunately they accused me of taking things. And so that was hurtful, hurtful and accused me of like, still in a restaurant. I'm like, I'm a felon, I'm a drug dealer. <laughs> but anyways, it was just very hurtful. So what thankfully happened was my friend was office manager at another job and the available position came about. And so I took the position and that allowed me to really think about what I needed to do. It was a position that was very slow. I wasn't used to that. I was used to like running a lot of different rooms and helping run the office. So in fact, I asked her like, you know, there's another room right next door. Do you want me to run that room? And she's just like, just sit, just chill and 
you know, sit. I'm like, I have an hour for a profi pay. I don't need an hour. I've been, you know, I'm used to like working faster and being thorough. So the slow pace of the office and the lack of responsibility that I had there allowed me just to like really heal, just really think about all that happened. And I think sometimes what we do is, is almost a trauma response. Like I'm busy, I'm always busy and everything. But allow, that job allowed me to sit and heal and think about what happened and think about um, how I felt and eventually write my book and start my business. And the coworkers there were very supportive and they allowed me to share my sad story <laughs> a number of times <laughs> and everything. And so I felt better and so I didn't, I share my story, but normally, I don't know why I feel emotional today, it must be hormones, but <laughs> normally, you know, I share my story and I'm okay with it, so. But that's another thing I talk about. So even when you think you have healed, certain things can almost trigger you and everything. So even driving by that office, uh, driving by it for the longest time, I hated to drive by it. Mm. So. No, I totally hear you on triggers. There are definitely certain things that can just, it, your body memorizes, right? Your mind memorizes and it's, hard to be able to pass through those moments, especially if you do keep busy and you don't allow yourself to kind of work through, okay, what's happened and how have I made changes to improve and manage my burnout so I don't end up down that same path. How long did it take when you started to notice shifting from that busy schedule to the more relaxed schedule or just a different from what you were used to? Because I know for me, being the high achiever, I'm like, if I'm not doing something at times, I'm wasting time. And how can I just sit and think, or how can I just do less to begin with? So how do you work through something like that? It's, it's, it can be difficult because I am like you, I am a higher achiever. I don't, I don't know where you are, if you have any siblings, but I'm the firstborn. So see, it's like the pecking order, like, you know, it's like, you know, I, I'm the firstborn, I'm the example, I have to set the path and everything and, you know, be all the everything. Um, it can be difficult, and especially sometimes my husband's like, just sit down, like, you know, you say you're sleepy, you're tired or the baby and everything like that, but you won't just go to sleep, like get off your phone. So it can be difficult for me to just shut myself down. Um, but it's something that I'm constantly working on. At work, it was definitely difficult because I was a high achiever. Um, I used to treat offices like they were my office, like it was my practice. In fact, that's what I talked to the doctor there. I'm like, I'm not, I, I'm, I don't know what you think of me, but I'm like, I'm just very passionate. When I see potential, I want us to work on the potential. If I've taken these C courses, I want us to do this. Like I, that is working. Like, you know, I've, I'm helping, I'm very a productive hygienist. The patients love me, blah, blah, blah. I see these gaps that weren't there before. Um, so it's very, it was very difficult for me to go to that other office that was laid back where the doctors are almost like retired. Like they're gonna retire at some point soon and everything. They don't really care as much. And um, some things I didn't like, you know, it, it didn't follow the protocol that I was used to, especially at a corporate office. So it was very difficult just to sit there and do nothing and sharpen my instruments sometimes and, you know, see 
see the production I was not making and everything because I was like I made eight hundred dollars today for the office I'm used to making thousands or am I gonna get fired and everything so it's very difficult but we have to do it so that we can heal or we won't heal or we'll always be thinking like the next thing and I say this but I'm I, you know give advice I don't always do what I give because I, I make the list and everything I make my I, that's just me like my mom and sister laughed at me years ago when they were like moving from this one place to another place and they found all my planners throughout my life and it's like from when I was little wake up brush your teeth like I always made the list so it's hard to not make the list okay so I love this because I'm such a list person as well okay let's Think of your new list as if you were talking to someone who was going through burnout and needed to make that change, but their old list was do this, do that, do like that structured. What would you tell them to put this on, to put on their new list? The new list is what they need to do to feel happy. Cause at times we do a lot of things for other things, other people. So a lot of people who experience burnout and especially a lot of hygienists or just people in the dental field, we're people pleasers. You know, we want to make our, our patients happy. We want everyone to like us and everything. So a lot of times we say yes when we say no. So on that list sometimes it's just to say no. Like, um, you know, no, I'm not staying after five o'clock <laughs> and everything. No, I'm not working through lunch. No, you know, just basically attending to your needs first. So it's cliche. I say it all the time, but I say to put your oxygen mask on first. And at times we don't always do that in a dental field where we're always um, tending to our other people's things. So basically learning when to say no and when to say yes to ourselves. I would say that. That is great advice because if you're saying yes to one thing, you're having to say no to something else. And that no might be something that is really important to you that you have to sacrifice. And I feel like that's part of that snowball that turns into an avalanche of burnout is really saying yes for people pleasing tendencies and not giving yourself the opportunity to really give you back what you need, whether it's space, time, relaxation, stopping at five, taking a break for lunch. Like it's, I feel like in the dental profession, and this goes across the board for everyone on the dental team where I feel like at times it's just the norm to work through lunch or the norm to work late and add in that extra emergency patient and stuff. And so you mentioned in the beginning talking about boundaries. So share with every member of the dental team, whether it's front desk staff or it's hygiene or it's a dentist, and you're creating those boundaries. What could those boundaries potentially look like? Well, that's that's one big reason why I had burnout because I had no boundaries or anything like that. So <laughs> basically, you, <laughs> you know, it's like it takes a lot of books there. Yeah. Um, Basically, yeah, I'm not working through my lunch. Um, I did, I did at corporate offices when my my bonus structure was different. So if they say, "Hey, you have an SRP, do you want to save you through lunch?" I was like, "Maybe I will," and everything. But it, you know, they had to ask me if I was willing to give up my lunch time to see a patient for whatever the need, you know, is. Um, they couldn't just put the patient in there. Or um, if I'm supposed to leave at five, I'm leaving at five. Don't put a, um, a patient in my schedule at 4:45 and expect me to say or guilt trip me. Or um, 
if just because you're deciding to have a office meeting on the weekend, don't think I'm going to be there because I'm busy. I'm gonna have I'm always have an appointment, and the appointment's going to be for myself and my family. So don't expect me to be there. Just a lot of different boundaries. Don't talk to me about stuff on the news I don't want to talk about like social injustice stuff don't don't talk to me about that stuff and ask me my opinion and tell me your opinion about it because usually there's something I may not like so leave me alone and everything so just a lot of just working on boundaries I in my courses I tell people to read the book um, boundaries by Henry Cloud and then there's another book I can't remember what it is but I told my sister about that book recently yesterday too um, so just working on that is a constant thing and then even for doctors you know um, I know a lot of times doctors like to have boundaries with their team so that the team won't get too over friendly where they won't respect maybe the doctor when they have to lay down some type of law or get rid of a team member who's not working out and everything like that so it's just important to have all those different boundaries and then this the dental assistant sometimes I've seen I've heard where the dental assistants because they tell me everything they're like I was here to nine o'clock at night seeing these patients and I'm like why you know that's that's totally crazy and everything so just recognizing the boundaries you have to have. This is how I explain it. So this is how I explain it in my book. And then I helped, my sister had an interview yesterday. So I told, she's like, what do you talk about boundaries? I need to use this for my book, for her interview. So how I explain it in my book is we've all probably seen Jurassic Park because they have like a million of them now, right? We keep making another Jurassic Park. Like we know what's going to happen. The animals are going to eat people. Of the dinosaurs. So basically, you're in Jurassic Park. So think about the first time you saw Jurassic Park. And yeah. you know, this was new. This was brand new technology. Yeah. Steven okay. Spielberg, I think. I think it was Steven Spielberg. Okay, so you're in Jurassic Park, and there's the Velociraptors, and the maybe this was the second one, but the Velociraptors kept trying to throw themselves against the electrical fencing because yeah. they were testing if there was any weaknesses and everything. And so eventually they found a way out because there was a part of the electric fence or if they hit it a certain way or whatever like that, a certain algorithm, I don't know, then they were able to get out and everything. So if you're walking around Jurassic Park, like when they're walking through that field and everything, and then some people just get eaten from the side or whatever like that, it's because you're not in the fence anymore. You're not in a car, you're not in something that's gonna protect you. And so that's like how we are. People test our boundaries all day long. So you teach people how to treat you. So if you basically keep staying late or keep working through your lunch, then people are gonna keep booking patients through your lunch because that's okay. Like I had a, I had one of my friends who worked for another corporate office. They booked, she was a single mom and they booked her appointments. Like she was supposed to start from work from like eight to five. They put an appointment at seven or six or whatever. They're like, oh, she, don't, she doesn't care. She won't care. And I'm like, why don't you stand up for yourself? And you're upset about it. You keep complaining to me about it. You have a kid, you have to make these arrangements and everything. And because they have your hours all over the place, it's not even benefiting you as far as your bonus because it's not you're working all these extra hours so it's throwing off everything long story short we basically have to have boundaries in place or we're just like the people in Jurassic Park who have no protection people will attack us from every end and we may just say yes because we're people pleasers or we're afraid of losing our jobs or whatever but if we don't stand up for ourselves then we're constantly going to be in that state of fear and anxiety mm. Okay, so many powerful notes there. And one thing in particular that stood out for me is how team teams collaborate. And so 
I don't know if this came on because of COVID or if it was happening beforehand, but we just didn't have the conversations and stuff. But I feel like there's a bit of a divide between whether it's front desk and dentists or hygiene and dentists as well. And it's starting to become more and more obvious. This isn't something that can be hidden and not that we want to hide it, but it's definitely in the forefront now. What would you say to the team as a whole to rebuild lost connection or to continually work on the same page? Because I feel like at times we're almost as if we're butting heads or we're trying to work or drive on the same highway, but we're actually like in way <laughs> we're on two separate sides, still trying to run parallel in unison, but like there's a divide between us and we're not really communicating anymore. So can do you mind commenting on that a little bit? I think it's always been there. It's just more apparent. Like I said, I, I was a dental assistant. So, you know, it's, I, I talked about that in my course that I did a couple of weeks ago and it's like, we have to stop fighting each other. So even one of the things that happened with me at one office um, was it was like alliances. So when this new hygienist came in, I trained her and, you know, I got played because I'm too nice and everything. I taught her too much stuff and everything. And so then it was, then she started forming alliances, like it was survivor. So it was like trying to put assistance against assistance and front, like who was going to be on my side, who was going to be on her side, instead of us just being a team working together. Um, like if, you know, she worked weekends, I would put something on her schedule or she put something in my schedule instead it was just like you know it wasn't right and this happens at a lot of different offices where there's different alliances or maybe this someone doesn't like the doctor or the assistant the front desk you know everyone's fighting each other so we have to not fight one another basically we have we have to be a team where we help one another and I think that's one of the problems is that Sometimes hygienists will be upset because they will feel that the assistants don't help them. The assistants will be upset at the hygienists because they feel like we don't help us and you make more money than us. You know, everyone's mad at everyone else because of what money they yeah. think they make and everything and everything. And, or, you know, and then like if I think someone had, I saw one form where a doctor had like helped clean one of the rooms um, for someone, for the assistant or something. And it was on a dentist form, mainly dentist form. And all the people in there who weren't um, dentists especially were like, that's so nice. That really set, probably helped morale with the team to see the doctor do that. And some dentists was like, why would you want to do that? And it's like, really, it helps the morale because it shows that you're not just acting like I'm better than you. You see that something needs to be done and you help do it instead of you know instead of just saying i'm the dentist and that's what everyone has to do so like i'll go help out at the front i'll go help the assistants and then they help me at that particular office you know my last office i was at they helped me as well and so basically everyone has to be on the same page that we want the office to do well i think sometimes what happens as far as with dentists is they don't necessarily tell the office what they're struggling with so if if they're having a hard time making some financial goal or like you know all the everyone's trying to get all the hygienists there's a shortage so we all want big raises right now and everything so instead of just saying no or you know i can't afford you or whatever like or acting being upset drop those figures 
you drop drop what you're dealing with and everything. Maybe say, okay, I can't financially give you a raise, but this is what I can do. How can I help you stay here and everything like that? So basically listening to one another, having meetings, um, preferably doing the daytime and paying for the meetings, you know, just doing different things is going to bring the team together and i always say don't don't just throw that cheap pizza at it because that just annoys the heck out of everyone you actually have to (laughs) you know we're not in middle school anymore we don't want a pizza party (laughs) oh i remember those pizza parties well (laughs) we loved them in middle school but as 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 adults and everything we're like that's when we know crap is happening. Like anytime the, the office manager feels like, oh no, some people are getting ready to leave. It's like, we're going to have some pizza and everything like that. So we have to get together as a team and talk about issues, I think separately and everything. So one thing that I, I feel is a lot of times people complain. I know hygienists will complain about things, but they didn't necessarily go to the doctor all the time. So maybe they're upset about their instruments, but you may not know that the instruments are crappy, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, something may be going on with the assistants. Like I know one particular assistant, she was having a lot of different family issues and everything. And it wasn't until the office manager sat her down and say, hey, you, you're not acting the same. Your work is different and everything like what's going on. And she just broke down crying. So instead of not talking to one another, we have to talk to one another. We're with each other more than our families at times and everything. So we need to just sit down and talk to one another, say, hey, I need everyone to act like a team. You know, say you need to help the hygienist. Hygienist, you need to help the assistant. Everyone needs to help the front desk. Front desk, you're not doing anything. Come help too. You know, I do believe people should be cross-trained. Some people don't think that there should be cross-training or whatever like that. I do think it's helpful for everyone in the office to know how to help out some in some type of way. So like, I do think the front desk should be able to um, clean a room properly for someone in the office and someone in the, and, you know, in the back, they should be able to answer the phone and maybe put down, put a payment through or something like that. So if people just feel like no one's helping them when they need help, um, but other people expect them to help, then everyone gets a little resentful. Talking about being a team, talking about being collaborative and helping each other out. Okay, let's add in what we were talking about before about creating those boundaries. So how do we find some sort of line that we draw in the sand where we're helping, but we're also not compromising our own boundaries at the same time? I think for me, I'll say for me, so I don't have a problem helping anyone if they don't have a problem helping me. Okay. So I that's that was my pet peeve. So like that one particular office, they would see that they would walk by and see if they saw that I didn't look busy enough, I could be doing notes or doing a C course, whatever. If I didn't look busy enough, then maybe I need to go help them do something, even though maybe they were jacking around half the time. But if I was like in the huddle, like, hey, it's going to get really busy, guys. Um, I'm kind of staggered here with some patients and two columns. Could someone take x-rays for this patient or could someone start the Zoom for this patient and everything like that? Sometimes they'd be like, no. 
So, but it's like, but so then I was like, wait a minute, because I was helping doing all these FMXs for these new patients, or I help you with this, or I cleaned your room. Why, why is it no when I help, you know? And so that's when it can be resentful. Now, when I worked at the other office, we I helped, had no problem helping people all day long. Now, there was one particular assistant who was a little different, and so she didn't really like help. So you have to know your people and everything. So she would rather not be, be touch her ex, a touch anything with her room or help with her instruments and everything like that because I was like hey if you get these different baskets then I can help put your instruments in in the uh, autoclave I see that you're here after hours sometimes I feel bad because I leave and then you've been here for a long time I've heard and she's just like I don't need your help and I don't want any baskets so it's like okay well that's fine so that was her boundaries and everything like that so it's just knowing each other each other's um how everyone feels about everything else um the other people in the office they would be like thank you so much for helping thank you for filing thank you for calling those patients um you know thank you for helping do the instruments thank you for flipping my room whatever so just knowing what everybody needs and everything like that i think is important knowing each other's personalities i know that um a lot of coaches and, and doctors talk about doing those disassessments and everything like that i haven't really gotten into that yet and everything that's probably for the future but basically when you learn different people's personalities then you kind of know how to um how to interact with them better mm-hmm. communication is a huge component to laying that foundation and creating collaboration even if that means having those uncomfortable conversations where it's just like i've been helping you and i'm not seeing that it's reciprocated and having that conversation in and of itself can make things so much clearer so then you know how to work together moving forward but i think that because we work in such close proximity at times it's easier to kind of bottle these things up instead of having the uncomfortable conversations. That actually honestly that this whole helping thing is what really started it off um the really it was the straw that broke everything at that one office okay. because it was a Friday and um you know I was asked quite rudely to go help with uh, new patients FMX. I took the x-rays and then what ne- next happens is usually the assistant helps me probe. So I went to go get the assistance and all the assistants were in the doctor's office. And I was like, hey, I finished such and such x-rays. Can you come help me probe? And then it was kind of, the person was like, you need to say, it was just like, I was like, like I was a, a child again or something. I thought I said it nicely, but she's like, you need to say, please come help me probe and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you didn't say, please help me take the x-rays. You kind of yelled at me. But anyways, the patients is in the room, come help me probe and everything. And it just became this really rude conversation and everything. So like you said, communication is very important and that, you know, we want people to help one another, but we have to see how we talk to one another in order to get the the positive result. And it is important to have uncomfortable conversations. I think that's another big reason why so many people are burnt out we don't like to have uncomfortable conversations i know i usually don't i run from conflict i've gotten better but i'm a runner and everything we learn about that and we learn about that in pharmacology like the fight or flight response and i'm usually unless i'm fighting for my family usually i'm a runner and everything like that i would just rather not have a conversation and some people are like that instead of actually having that uncomfortable conversation um i need a raise i need instruments i need time 
time off, whatever, they'll just go to another office. They'll just like quit <laughs> because they don't have that conversation, which they do do it all the time. Yeah. And then what ends up happening is, is that, and this goes for dentists as well. This goes with anyone in any profession is, is that it almost feels as if it's easier to leave the office that you're at, hoping that something will be better at the next one. But if you're not willing to conflict resolve or have those uncomfortable conversations, the same things are just going to keep repeating and you're just going to hit that cycle of being burnt out. And so this comes back to dentistry where the people pleasing, the, the avoiding conflicts, the perfectionism, all of that stuff. So if we're striving for perfection, we can't have those uncomfortable conversations because then something could be wrong or something's off, something's imperfect. And so that is really, really challenging at times. And I think across the board, across all schoolings within the dental community, I don't think any one of us is really taught how to have uncomfortable conversations. And so we're taught how to do dentistry, but then when you're thrown into everything, you're just like, okay, well, how do I have these uncomfortable conversations? Oh my goodness. You have shared so much wisdom and I thank you so much for it. Is there any last parting words that you want to leave with the listeners about your personal experience or just words of wisdom in general, if someone's maybe experiencing burnout? I guess we're all the same. So it doesn't matter if you're a dentist, dental hygienist, um, a dental assistant, front desk, whatever. We're all the same. We're all people. We just have different schooling and everything like that. And we have to treat each other like we're the same you know we're all we all want the best for the patient and when we're burnt out we can't really treat the patient the best or we can't you know patients know if we're fighting with one another in the office we they can see the alliances being drawn and everything like that and if you're burnt out get help so get coaching get mentorship get um get counseling go to a therapist read a book i mean i what really helped me is a lot of books i read boundaries by henry cloud i read how to beat a workplace bully that was phenomenal because i'm like i keep getting bullied and like you said um a lot of times we keep running to another situation thinking it's going to be better mm -hmm. i almost think about it as like battered wife syndrome or you know lifetime movies basically how someone keeps getting in these abusive situations and it's because they haven't changed something they they're marked you know someone who is abusive they see see them as an easy mark so they abuse them so we have to work on ourselves we do have to work on our internal situation and then sometimes we do have to leave external situations so if it's a hostile work environment where you've taught you've done all the things you've communicated you've talked about your needs um you try to make any changes you can make you talk to different ones about making changes and it's not working sometimes changing that environment can be just what you need but you have to continue to work on yourself as well so that's i guess that's what i have to say anyone who's listening wants to get a hold of you or connect with you where can they find you i'm on most of all social media because i love social media so facebook you can be my friend carrie carter shirellis um instagram is kmc.smiles my link is bitly and it's um burnt out burnout denial hygienist <laughs> and then my email is shirellis um smiles at gmail.com so that's a lot there but you, you can just find me look me up with my name 
Amazing. <laughs> so all of your information will be in today's show notes. Please connect with her. And I want to share, cause I know you just shared this as a Facebook post. You have an upcoming lecture that you're giving. Where is it happening? The next one is in Canada. So it's virtually in Canada. It's RDH Inner Circle. So you have to be a member. Okay. But after that, after that, I will be um, giving some of the speeches I'll be doing on the dental hygiene platforms is the American Dental Hygiene Association Annual Convention in Kentucky. Pray for everyone in Kentucky. And then also the RDH Under One Roof in Orlando. So those are two of the big ones I'll be doing. Happy to be doing one in Canada because then I can say I'm an international speaker. International. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I can't wait to say I'm an international speaker. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Again, thank you so much for your time today and I look so forward to everything else that you put out in there in the world so stay connected make sure you reach out to her and be well I'm so grateful for Carrie to share her experience about what's been going on within the dental profession and to shed some light not only from her experience but what she's also hearing from others around her Something that I want to make known is, is that burnout takes three to five years to recover from. It is in fact recognizable, treatable, and reversible. But you also have to want to make those changes. We talk about a lot of self-care within society and at times I feel like it can be glamorized with going and having a facial, taking a bubble bath, having that glass of wine. But Self-care can be the dirty things on the day-to-day, which is having a regular routine for the morning and nighttime, making time for yourself to go to sleep. It's not necessarily all the glamour that we see across social media. So when you're trying to figure out what's going on with you, start to practice some self-care, figure out what self-care looks like to you. And once you've done all the self-care and you know this should be working, then there's not something wrong with you anymore. That's when you have to look outside to the environment. What is happening externally, both in your personal life and your work life. If dentistry is the factor that is contributing to burnout, then it's time to make changes. So get this. I was there. I've experienced it. And it takes time to heal, but you have to give yourself permission to heal. And know this. I will be here along that journey. It's time to think differently and change your narrative. I'm Dr. Jessica Metcalf, and this is the dark side of dentistry, the shit no one talks about. Stay awesome.